Well, as you take your seats, let me wish you a very happy Christmas. My name is Ollie Lansdowne, and I'm one of hundreds of people who comes along to this church every Sunday to services just like this one, but with slightly fewer Christmas carols and Christmas trees. And I think there are two things, at least, that I particularly love about the fact that this church sits at the very top of Regent Street. The first thing is the Christmas lights, and the second thing is the protests. See, um, Christmas in the West End is iconic, isn't it? Every shop has its own take on the Christmas spirit, a vast shimmer of stars across Selfridges, elves making merry in front of Hamleys, an outburst of pre-Raphaelite mistletoe at Liberties. But all of these become something of a sideshow when held beneath Regent Street's very own harking heavenly host. Spotlighted beneath the Georgian architecture and suspended high above the street, 15-foot angels with soaring 20-foot wings soar northwards, bursting with some urgent message of Christmas hope, twinkling and glittering as they fly. It's hard to make Balenciaga look half-hearted, but somehow I think these angels might. I love Regent Street's Christmas lights, but I also kind of love the protests. See, this street is the number one location for all the year's most attention-grabbing political demonstrations. They gather at the park and then march past the BBC down Regent Street through Piccadilly and Trafalgar and onto Downing Street and Parliament. And what that means is that from the windows or roof of this church, you can get a front row seat for all of the issues that get people out of their beds off Netflix and onto the street. Just Stop Oil, Black Lives Matter, Free Palestine, Bring Home the Hostages, Hong Kong, QAnon, Anti-Vax, and Hashtag MeToo. Regent Street is home to all the best Christmas lights and all the biggest protests. And that got me thinking, I wonder whether the angels of Regent Street and the protesters of Regent Street, well, I wonder whether they might have more in common than it first appears. See, both angels and protesters want to grab your attention. They want your attention because they have a message to deliver. And that message is a message of darkness as well as of light. It's a message of judgment and it's a message of hope. Darkness Because there is a problem that we need to confront and we need to look that problem in the eye. And light, light that exposes the problem, opens up a solution because darkness cannot be allowed to win. Angels and protesters, judgment and hope, darkness and light. So this Christmas, in honour of Regent Street's angels and its protesters, I want to ask you to questions. And having raised those two questions, I want to offer two responses from this magnificent story of Christmas. First question, I wonder what do you think is humanity's biggest problem? And second question, who do you trust to deliver hope? I wonder how you would answer those questions Uh, I wonder how the person next to you 
would answer those two questions. If you're feeling brave and you're up for a genuinely interesting conversation, well, I'd suggest that after the last song, you turn to your neighbour and ask them what they think. First, what is humanity's biggest problem? What's the darkness that we need to confront? What's the judgment that's coming our way? We could talk about the war in Ukraine or right across the Middle East. We could talk about the 45 million modern-day slaves, thousands of whom are within an hour's walk of where we're sitting. We could talk about how climate change has been caused by those with the most power and affects those with the least. We could talk about misogyny, racism, or human trafficking. Or we could talk about family breakdown, community breakdown, and the rupturing of the whole fabric of society. The world is big, and it is riddled with problems. But to focus our attention on humanity's biggest problem, well, I want to suggest we need to venture into a deeper darkness. The deeper darkness binding all of those problems and crises together. Not darkness out there, darkness in here. According to the Bible, there isn't a person on earth that isn't riddled with these problems themselves, riddled with ignorance and negligence, envy and greed, selfishness and hatred and sin. I only know my heart and you only know yours, but would you really be willing to disagree with that diagnosis? Climate change hasn't just happened to us out of nowhere, it's the fruit of envy and greed. Social injustice and family breakdown aren't laws of physics. They're caused by our negligence as much as our selfishness. There are 45 million modern-day slaves today, and if you want to know why that is, well, you could ask yourself an uncomfortable question, which is how many of them do you think have touched things that you own? This Christmas, will you look into the darkness with your own eyes? Will you look that darkness in the eye and acknowledge it for what it is, a darkness of our own making? Which leads to my next question. Who do you trust to bring hope? What hope do you have that humanity's problems could actually be fixed? Who would you trust to put the world back together and pierce our darkness with light? If you had the pick of the planet, who would you put in charge of repairing our ruptured social fabric? Who would you trust to reverse climate change and the human greed driving it? Who would you trust to pick apart the injustice that is built into the brickwork of this world, as well as the human selfishness that continues to perpetuate it? Is there anyone who could fix the problems out there and in here. What is humanity's biggest problem? And who do you trust to deliver hope? After the service, I'd encourage you to turn to the person next to you and ask them what they think. But for now, let me offer two suggestions from this story of Christmas, because the message of Christmas is light in the darkness. And to see that... We need to focus on the baby at the centre of the Christmas story. And in particular, this prophecy written about him by a man called Isaiah, who told the world all about Jesus 700 years before Jesus was born. 
It's there on page three in your orders of service, Isaiah chapter nine, verse two. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Why? Number six, halfway down the page. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. First, darkness. The darkness we need to confront, which is this darkness, because the baby in the manger means that humanity is an absolute letdown. If you start to unpack the significance of the Christmas story, you'll realise that it's actually pretty dark and kind of offensive, especially if you're a political or religious leader. Isaiah 9 verse 6, to us a child is born and the government will be on his shoulders. Isaiah is saying, here's some good news. A baby is going to be born to lead the government. Why is that good news? Because to put it bluntly, humanity is a letdown. Humanity is so completely lacking in morally upright people that our best hope for finding a competent and capable leader is that a baby is born and elected to high office. Do you see how offensive the Christmas story is? It's a message that says, we try to find a leader in Parliament, but when it comes to the deepest problems facing humanity, they were hopeless. So we made a search. We started with universities, Oxford, Harvard, LSE, and UCL. No one. Davos, Oxfam, Amnesty International, and the UN. No one. Then we started thinking outside the box. We made a search of old people's homes and secondary schools. We went out looking in supermarkets and youth hostels. Glastonbury, Coachella, Pentonville, Waitrose. No one. When push came to shove, even the most promising amongst them was riddled with ignorance and negligence and selfishness and greed. How could they clean up our world when their own hearts were so polluted with the problem? How could they fill our lives with light when their lives were deep with so much darkness? Our last hope for finding a capable leader, well, it's that we might find someone born in the maternity ward. How bad would things have to be for us to look around Parliament and say, let's see if there's any newborn children who might be up for the job. How bad must things have to be for God to look at the world and say, do you know, a baby is your very best hope. But friends, that is the message of Christmas. It's a message that says when it comes to our deepest problems, our leaders are hopeless and we are kidding ourselves if we think we would do any better. It's not just our leaders whose hearts are twisted in on themselves. It's all of us. Darkness. Because the baby in the manger means humanity is a letdown. But second, and do not miss this, light. Because the baby in the manger means God didn't give up on us. Humanity is a letdown. Our last hope is a baby lying on its back in a cattle trough. But friends, what a hope that is. Every person that you put your hope in in this world will let you down. Every person but one. 
There is one person who will never let you down, no matter how much you throw at him. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The baby in the manger means God did not give up on us. He did not abandon us to the future of darkness that we deserved. You see, if the Christmas story is true, then this baby lying on bloodied straw is an inbreaking of heaven into earth. This baby is the mighty God of heaven come down to save us from the hell that we were creating for ourselves. This baby in the manger means God has not given up on us. And this baby in the manger means God has not given up on you. When we were walking in darkness, he was born among us. He grew up into a man of wisdom, compassion and power, teaching his followers to do good to their enemies, to love their neighbours as themselves. He taught that his arrival meant the kingdom of God had come near and said and did things that would be the height of blasphemy if they weren't so obviously true earning him the scorn of every leader around. But he never gave up. He spent his time with lepers and prostitutes because in his kingdom, God's kingdom, the first would be last and the last would be first. He would never give up on his people. He was arrested by an alliance of all the most respected and the most powerful people of his day, abandoned by his closest friends and crucified for crimes that he did not commit, but he did not give up. He prayed for forgiveness for those killing him. He bore the full weight of our selfishness and of our sin dying in the darkness that should have been our future without giving up. He was buried in a tomb, a stone rolled over the entrance, but he did not give up. And three days later, he burst out of his own grave because he would not let evil and death have the last word in his world. He did not sit back. He did not give up until he had broken the grip of sin and death and emptied the power of hell by draining it dry. He did not give up. He did not let us down. And he's inviting us to follow him. Friends, do you see why the message of Jesus is such good news? The king of heaven has come down to earth to offer you hope in the darkness. With nails piercing his hands and his feet, he prayed for forgiveness for you. He rolled away the stone over his tomb and walked out of his own grave. And as the blood that was shed for you fills a heart that now beats for you, he is stretching his hands out towards you and he is inviting you to follow him. The protesters on Regent Street, well, they can tell you that the world is a dark place. But the hope of Christmas 
is a hope that is big enough to overthrow hell. It is near enough to wipe away your tears, and it is bright enough to make shining angels sing. Friends, Christmas means God has not given up on us. And if you give yourself to him, he will give all of himself to you. His life, his light, his love, his light in our darkness, his love in our loneliness, his hope for our future, and his forgiveness for our past. If it isn't the best news you've ever heard, I've not done a good enough job of explaining it. So, two questions for you this evening, this afternoon. What is humanity's biggest problem? And who do you trust to deliver hope? Which leaves each one of us with one invitation. Will you take a second look at Jesus this Christmas time? Humanity is a letdown, each one of us is. But he hasn't given up on you. And he is inviting you to follow him.